Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo can never be changed, so I call your Hello and welcome to Signs of Life Radio. I'm Kimberly Saavedra, Director of the Comwalk Center in Claremont, California, and I, along with Dr. Betty J. Kovach, author of The Miracle of Death, There is Nothing But Life, and Merchants of Light, the consciousness that is changing the world, are your co-hosts for tonight's evening on Signs of Life Radio. Tonight, we discuss personal experiences. We want to hear from you about your stories, your visions, your dreams, Um, what it feels like when you share these experiences with others. And we're here to support you and help you integrate them. Although mediums provide a valuable connection with the deceased, we are not focused about on mediums for tonight. We focus on your direct experiences, which do not involve a medium. So I'd like to give you our call-in numbers because we are waiting to hear from you. 888 Six two seven six zero zero eight, and welcome, Betty. Oh, thank you. Yes, we are here tonight, Kim and I, without Janet. <laughs> Janet is on vacation, so they're just the two of us. We encourage you to call in, and so we won't be uh, sitting over here without hearing from any of you. <laughs> oh, right. The best part of the show is you. So yes. please keep that in mind. And if you have any hesitation, um, I encourage you to, as they say. Put on your brave and pick up the phone and talk about things that are important to you that you just don't feel as comfortable sharing with anybody who particularly crosses your path. So, yeah, and we, uh, Kim was going to mention this that uh, she and I have another program uh, through Forever Family Foundation that you might be interested in. It's similar to this one. Do you want to describe it, Kim? That's right. The Visionary Explorers Group is a joint project of the Comlock Center, and Forever Family Foundation. And people who are in that group are members of Forever Family Foundation, and it's very easy to join. It's free to join. And when you go to www.foreverfamilyfoundation.org, you'll find all kinds of interesting things, including how to become a member. And so if you'd like to join our Visionary Explorers group, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment, you just have to Become a member of Forever Family and then um, join the Comlock Center newsletter at kamlak.com. And we meet once a month on the second Saturday of the month on webcam technology. We gather for online sharing and we talk about these very things. And you know, at 11 uh, Pacific time, 11 Pacific, 3 yeah. Eastern. And the nice thing about it. Uh, I think is that you can see each other. <laughs> it's kind of nice yes. to see each other and and meet them over a period of months. Many many people come for several months uh, following a death, uh, and they gain a great deal. But they also give so much. And you know, when they no longer need that kind of conversation, uh, they they leave. But they sometimes come back just to see. Uh, how everything is going on. Right, right. And we started that in 2014, so it's been eight years. Yes. So I think you'd enjoy it. And we've developed really beautiful relationships, uh, many, many of the people who come do. And we learn so much. And, you know, we have a little bit more time to really go into some of their experiences. So I think, do we have a caller? We actually have two. First up is Linda from Arkansas. Hi, Linda. Hi, how are you? Hi, then. How are you? So I'm very good. Trip. Very glad to have gotten through. <laughs> good, good. We are too. So you have a story, I think, to tell us. Yes, yes. Um, I I've had um, many different dreams and um, experiences, but um, the one that I wanted to tell you about was um, very different than any other that I had had, and so 
um, at the time, I was uh, going to college and working full-time, and I would usually get to my college classes um, right at the deadline, and so there wasn't any time to to really talk before class or anything like that. And um, this specific day, I had gotten off early, and it just so happened. It was it was perfect, and so I got to class early, and I was waiting around, and another girl was there, and I could tell that she was very upset and quiet, and um, I just felt really drawn to, you know, see if she was okay, if I could do anything for her, and so I asked her, you know, are you okay? Is something wrong? And and um, she started to tell me this, this story that her husband had just been killed um, a couple of weeks before that, and he was a, a security guard, and he was training someone else on the on the job, and he was a younger guy, and um, there was some kind of freak accident, and the the other security guard ended up accidentally shooting her husband, and so it was very traumatic, of course, and she had a, a little boy, and um, she was very upset, and she said, I just, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know if I should quit classes, but I just kept feeling like, you know, he would want me to go on and he would want me to try to finish. And so that's why I'm here tonight. And when, she, as she's saying this, I start to hear like this voice inside my head that um, was not my voice. <laughs> and it's saying, um, yes, yes, I want her to go on tell her yes, that I want her to keep going to school. And I didn't really know what to make of it. And I didn't want to say that I was hearing this voice because I didn't want her to think I was strange. And so I said, um, I said, oh, yes, you know, I do think that that's what he would want, you know. And um, then she went on to say, um, you know, just how much she loved him. And I could hear this voice again, this man's voice saying, tell her I love her too. Tell her I love her so much and I'm never going to leave her. And and just, you know, he he just kept on and on. And I said, oh, you know, I was trying to think, like, how am I going to say this? And so um, I said, well, you know, oh, I'm sure he loved you so much, too. <laughs> I can just tell, you know. And and so I it, it started to get, I felt like she maybe was getting awkward, you know, because I don't know this girl. I've never talked to her before. And so um, class was getting ready to start. And so I sit down at my seat and I, I turn around my backs to her and the voice keep, continues and it says, tell her to pick up her cup. And she had a, like a fast food styrofoam cup on her desk. And he said, tell her to pick up her cup and there'll be a message for her. And so I thought, well, this is crazy. Like there's no way there's some written message, you know, <laughs> under her cup. And so I thought, I'm not doing it, right? Like in my head, like I'm speaking back to him, like I'm not doing it. And so it continued, tell her to pick up the cup, tell her to pick up the cup and there'll be a message. Do it, tell her, tell her. And so I thought, okay, this is not going to stop until like I look like an insane person. I turn around and tell her that um, she has to pick up her cup. And so I turn around right before class starts and I said, hey, this is going to sound really crazy. But I hear this voice, and it's, I think it's your husband. And he's saying to pick up your cup, and there's going to be a message from him. And so she looks at me really strange, and then she picks up the cup. And from where she's standing, she, she can't see anything. But from my point of view, the light is shining just right. And the moisture from her cup was underneath it in a perfect heart. Like no other uh, droplets anywhere. It was just a perfect heart of water underneath her cup. And I said, oh, come here, come here, and you can see it. And she walked around on the other side and saw the heart, and she starts to cry. I start to cry, and then here comes the whole rest of the class. <laughs> and, so, and we we never got to speak about it after that. It, and and so it was it was so interesting. And and I saw her later in a in a, a class, maybe a year later. And I thought, oh my gosh, I think that's the girl. You know, and I noticed she had a necklace on with a wedding ring around it. And I thought, oh, that's for sure. And so I was trying to make eye contact because it was so awkward that I had never spoke to her after that. And and she, as we passed each other, she looked at me and said, yes, I'm the one. And, oh so that's it. and we never, 
even oh, so, yeah. I love that. That's such yeah. a great story. Yeah. But yeah. oh, I can imagine how you had to be courageous to do that, and out of you know, one would certainly fear of being taken as a nutcase, <laughs> or worse, or just, just really right because I thought if. I thought if she picks up the cup and there's nothing there, then (laughs) the lunatic in this class. (laughs) But I mean, there it was. It is so interesting. Well, thank you so much. That was a very beautiful story. story. And it's interesting that, you know, um, sometimes when a person we love doesn't come through us, I mean, I can imagine she'd think, well, why didn't he come through me? Why this person? I don't even know. But there are many, I I suppose, explanations possibilities about that but you know sometimes in our grief or just for various reasons people on the other side can't get through us but they're there for us and if there is someone present that they can flow through they do that and you know how very often mediums tell about the situation when they are ready to you know when they do contact the other world that there's a flood of people they're just waiting for some channel to get through and so you were that channel right. at night, and uh, and thank heavens you were courageous enough to go forth with it. That's right. You gave a gift. Yeah. You helped him give a gift. Oh, yeah. Thank Great you. Must have been for you. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank so you for everything you guys do. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, Anne from Arizona. Thank you for waiting. Thank you. Oh, How are you? So I have a, I have a, I'm good. Thank you. I have, I have a story and I have a question around it. I'm hoping maybe you can help me out with a little bit. Okay. I'll try. Okay. Sure. Here it is. So a few weeks ago, my husband passed away in the beginning of the year and um, I had been kind of moping around, you know, and feeling sorry for myself. And Telling him, you know, I wish we had more time for to make memories. That was a big, a big thing for me. Um, and I got up one morning, and in my off, my our offices were next door to each other in the house. They we had a wall between them, um. So literally one door next to the other, and his door had been closed because I couldn't bear to walk by it. Um, but I knew that there was he had a baseball in there. Um, on a on a shelf, it was a memento from from one trip that we had gone to. And I got up and walked into my office. Usually, the first place I go to drop my phone off, open the blinds, and in the middle of my floor, that baseball was there. Uh, no one else you're... in my house except for my very small dog. Oh, in a completely different room right. in her office. Yeah, not his, oh, but yeah. his door closed. Right. Oh. His door was closed, yes. And the night before, when I went to bed, I closed the blinds in my office. House was locked up tight. The baseball was not there, but it was there in the morning in my (laughs) office, right in the middle of the floor where I couldn't miss it. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought, well, that could be nothing but a sign from him. Oh, I think so. Telling me that we did have memories, reminding me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So um, I took it as that until I decided to delve deeper. And this is where my question is. So I had been talking to a medium that is not a forever family medium. And I asked her about it. And instantly she says, no, that wasn't your husband. It was your father. And it really crushed me. Um, and I don't see why it would have been my father. So she discounted it. And I, I don't, you know. So hmm. how do we how do we know to trust our instincts or, you know, I don't know. I think you said it. I don't see why my. Go ahead, Anne. Hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. You don't see why what? Yeah. We missed we a word or two, man. I don't know, off. you know. Or is it well, something, do we want it to be something so bad that we make it so? 
You know, I think what I was saying, you had said it when you said, why can't we trust our intuition enough? I think always the person experiencing it knows better than someone else. You had that very deep intuition and feeling experience. Uh, he was connected. Your husband was connected to that baseball, right? It came from his yeah, room. And from his room. <laughs> and uh, I think yeah. that trust yourself. I I would be absolutely convinced that it was from him. I mean, of course it would be. It's his. Mm-hmm. And it was there in your study. Yeah. No, no, I think it only I'm makes, not. that's the most obvious answer. It's the most obvious. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, mediums don't always get it right. And I think we always first and True. foremost must must trust our own experience. You know, that was a beautiful gift for you. I mean, it was in his office. The door mm-hmm. was closed. Well, it's how convincing yours. can that be? I mean, no, you yeah. were absolutely right. And locked up tight, closed this, closed that, yeah. next room still closed, and the ball is in a different space. Plus, that was your co- connection between you and yeah. him. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Janet's not here tonight. Uh, but she has a lot of experiences of objects moving mm-hmm. in her house. I mean, certainly it happens. And I I just think all that you've said is absolutely accurate. That is your connection, a connection with him from his office into your office. And it's a beautiful gift. So I hope you can forget oh, the other. I, that's right. It was like the unlearn that yeah. answer. Yeah, right. yeah. He's probably disappointed. Yeah. Oh, I wanted someone to say that. Yeah. Here he pulled this off. That's not um, uh, 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 easy feat. Easy feat to do from the other side. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it reminds me of what you used I to say imagine. about you used to say the dreamer holds the key. Oh, absolutely. Now here, the experiencer holds the it's key. It's the meaning it holds, and the the mm-hmm. connections to the person who has the experience yeah. that are going to carry the most weight. Was there anything that would connect your uh, father to that ball? Not at all. Um, He's been gone for over 40 years. I was very young when he passed. Um, No, nothing at all. Well, I think that trust your intuition. You knew what it was. And all of that feeling is real. That's real. And that's yours. Right. Right. And as -hmm. as you always also say. Yeah, it just totally crushed me. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, I hope yeah. that you can let that go because there is so much evidence in the connectedness between you and your husband, his office, your office, the ball in his room. and your, It's all of the connections that are there between you and him. You and know? in your own sacred and, space of yeah. your, your whole home. Uh-huh. Then, that's, that's pretty cordoned off. It is. And then add to that your feeling. I I don't, you know, we can hope and wish for a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily make them happen. And doesn't convince your gut. Yeah. Yeah. So you knew that and that Mm -hmm. helped you and hold on to it. It's a beautiful gift. That's right. And as Janet were here, she'd say, and just say, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Say thank you. (laughs) Thank you for it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, how nice. Uh, yes, it's in the middle of my desk now. That's oh, good. good. Yes, Thank you. Remember Thank that with joy. Thank you. For I needed to hear this tonight. Oh, well, oh we yes, needed to hear the story tonight. Yeah. And we just want to convince you totally. You know, oh, you've yes. got all of the evidence on your side. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're open and you'll yeah. see other There will be other experiences things, yeah, come probably. your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, well, those two were really great. Thank you. Bye, Anne. Wonderful, wonderful stories, both of them. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's such a fragile, delicate experience when you experience something like Anne did. Uh, And we can be easily thrown off Mm -hmm. uh, because it's so wrapped up in deep feeling and emotion and yeah it's a it, it it's a delicate situation yeah and it, it's wonderful it's wonderful when things like that happen to us but our whole culture has been um how can you say it's been structured to dismiss everything mm, yes. now that's not what was happening here with the medium but but Anne had the Anne had all of the connectedness 
that that she needs. <laughs> anyway, uh, did, you had something you wanted to say, huh? Well, um, first of all, let me go ahead and give our call-in numbers again. Uh, 888-627-6008 and 323-744-4831. And while we're waiting for our next caller, um, I would just like to say that, um, as I had shared a few times um, in the last several months, um, I've had several family members pass in the last 18 months. And um, I've had some interesting experiences. And one of the more recent ones that I, I don't know exactly how to evaluate, but it totally got my attention was a few weeks ago, I was on the phone with a friend and her husband had um, recently passed. And so she had called to say when the service was going to be. And while we were on the phone, I heard a computerized or automated voice saying, hello, in a female voice, but kind of not totally female voice, but more feminine type. And then a few minutes later, I heard it again. And so I asked her, if she, my friend, if she had heard it and she hadn't. So I thought that's very strange. And then um, the next day I was on the phone with someone else and twice there was this breakthrough. Hello, almost like the old party line that you'd see in the movies or <laughs> yeah, something. Right. And, um, but the kicker was after I hung up from the call, I had another one in, I had still um, the earphone, well, what do you call them? The wireless um, buds in my ear. And I heard once the, I was totally off the phone, but just hadn't removed the earpiece. Another low. I thought I thought of different stories we've heard from people in the visionary explorers about EVP um, communications or one person who shared that after her mom had passed, um, a song started playing on her cell phone, just totally out of the blue. She hadn't touched it. It was across the room and she had no clue why that would just all of a sudden play. It had never done before. And then a few weeks later, she had been talking to her niece. And she said that that was a story that Bono had written for his mom after his mom had passed. And it meant so much to our, our visionary explorer. Yes, yes. She was so wishing she could get some kind of sign and hadn't. And then that happened, mm-hmm. which was really a beautiful experience. Yeah. Oh, yes. And with that hello, you know, as Kim was telling me about that earlier. And she said, well, I don't want to make anything of it. It was simply a hello. And, you know, you always think with technology, something can break through from somewhere and not be from the other side. Yeah. But we were saying the most important thing about that is that we leave it open. We don't know. We don't have to analyze it and determine uh, its source right now. Uh, We might need uh, a little more uh, uh, of something to happen to know, but it's so important to keep it open. Also with coincidences, when my son died, there were so many meaningful coincidences that occurred that it just it was phenomenal and I didn't know the meaning of them but I held them in my mind and I thought maybe there will be a time when the dots will connect I will understand it I know it's something rather phenomenal and maybe this is not phenomenal maybe mm-hmm. it could be t- mm-hmm. but in, even in such cases I think we hold we hold our minds open to see where it might go uh, I remember that we had a person on the visionaries uh, from Scotland, who uh, whose wife had died, and he uh, lived alone then after she died, and he was in the shower, and of course all the steam <laughs> developed in the shower, and when he uh, got out, there was a hello written in the mist on the mirror in the bathroom. That <laughs> he just whoa. it was some. Yeah, I mean, and there was certainly, he was the only one there and he had not written hello on the mirror and no one else had been in the house. And that was, that was, there were more connections there, you mm-hmm. know, and he was, he was uh, very moved by that. But he also had other experiences. I think he said that there was a tape uh, that he, I can't remember. It was an audio file he had had on his computer. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the subject or substance of it, but somehow the date on that, and it had to do with his wife. Um, her name was Frances. And the date changed to the date of her death. Yeah. The file name for that audio file somehow changed to the date. Yeah. You know, I remember now. Yeah. And we just, you know, we can't be so determined about things, but they are 
incredible things to mm-hmm. to note. And our culture has been so materialistic. And you know, if you have a dream where you ate too much, or if you have a vision, you're hallucinating. That's yeah, yeah. although I think that all of us, everyone who probably listens to this show, we're in the process of moving beyond that because we know that there is meaning and that we can have contact with the other world. And we know that life continues after death. Uh, And we're really trying to create a new myth of meaning. But uh, so we we stay open for it. But our culture has made it very, very difficult. Now I think we're changing. I think a lot of things are changing. But there is still that old, uh, that old uh, rejection that can be in us, yeah. you know, that will come forward and say, oh, well, it's nothing, you know, but we're all trying to say, no, let's keep it open. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, we don't want to rush to judgment or say, oh, it was the other, no, but right. open. Right, right. So today was the day where I was digging around in a visionary explorer memory book in my head. And I recalled um, an article that I had written um, with permission of, two of our um, visionaries who were moms who both lost a son. And um, the story was told basically in their own words, but I wanted to share it with you if we had time. And so far we still have time. So um, I'll share Liz's. Now um, Liz was working in her backyard one afternoon and she had gone into the house to do a few things. And then she realized she had left her cell phone in the backyard. So she headed back outside and she said, and I quote, I literally felt this force of some kind, she said, that stopped her in her tracks. And she had been in the place where she and Christopher had had their last conversation. Christopher was your son. Christopher was 24 when he had passed and he had passed like four and a half years before that. But somehow that day, she was passing in that space and there was some energy of force, this overwhelming emotional force that she said brought her to her knees. Mm. It was, it was um, wild. And then she said that she had decided to sit in the front yard where they had planted an oak tree after Christopher had passed. And there was a plaque on the tree in, in Christopher's memory. And um, then all of a sudden, one of Christopher's very close friends showed up and they kind of fell into each other's arms. They were, she had shared her story. They hugged each other. They felt his presence and his embrace when they were hugging. And it was just wild. And he had said to um, Liz that he has his own kind of synchronistic events. And he said, and as a matter of fact, I'm wearing his, his hat right now. (laughs) Um, and that was pretty wild. And then the Domino's pizza truck pulled up and they both just burst into to laughter through their tears because the kids all used to order Domino's and they thought it was just some kind of, you know, spirit joke, well, laughter, yeah. bringing levity to this most painful moment. But that's so interesting that all three of those things happened at this and the same day that she had right. that experience in the backyard. And then his friend appears and he's wearing, wearing Christopher's hat. He's like, I even have his hat on. And just the emotional um, overwhelm took them both. And then it the just pizza. took them both. Yeah. Those things are, you know, they're wonderful. And when you, when you experience it, you know, I mean, what are the chances of those three things happening like that? All on right. the same time? And Liz had walked that path many times from the house to the backyard yeah. and just something happened. Mm-hmm. on that day and she had said it was like we all go through the busyness of life and sometimes we don't pay attention to the messages sent mm-hmm. and then she said it but on that day it was like hey ma stop i'm here and she <laughs> said it's like i'm living my life with him in spirit well she's still here too so i just yeah, it's beautiful. i love yeah. i love hearing these stories and just knowing how much more connected we we are than we possibly imagine some days it's so true and in the past People had these experiences, but they were afraid to tell other people because they were ridiculed or laughed at or they're thought to be strange. Uh, because we live in a world lived, we're in transition, but the old world view is that there's nothing but matter. Uh, there's no meaning, no purpose. Uh, we're a fluke of nature, and when we're dead, we're dead. And so that has been so deeply rooted in people throughout the Western world that it's been hard 
for people to tell their stories to others. So I'm always grateful when someone is courageous and right and gives willing to risk reputation. <laughs> Yes, that's right. <laughs> to be true with, with people you trust, you have and to just be, you, yeah, be you trust them, and that's about... why we have this program and also visionaries. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the past, I had heard people when I was a child growing up talk about things. Now the women were somewhat open, but they wouldn't talk to too many people, usually not even their husbands, because it would just kind of dismiss. So, oh, that's just a coincidence. And that's as I said earlier, it's so important to hold these coincidences. Uh, and right. be, be open, right? And certainly, with with her, I mean, those are the things you be very hard to dismiss. Yes. Those interconnections, yes, yes. And I think back to your open mind; it cannot be overrated. No, I mean, at a minimum, we should at least be open to considering I what know. comes. But we were taught to be closed, right? And there's no right. way anything can happen because there is no other world. Uh, and if if someone you love has died, there's no consciousness left. And uh, when I was a child and I heard those stories, death was a word I could hardly bear to hear or say because it's the whole universe seemed empty Oh my God. Uh, because people held those views and expressed them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Tiffany from Montana. Thanks for calling. Hi. Good, good evening. How are you, ladies? <laughs> We're, We're fine. Okay. How are you? Well, honestly, my heart is beating out of my chest. I think I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> oh, well, we know that feeling. <laughs> we can walk through that together, Tiffany. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so my story is this. Um, in 2015, um, the, the love of my life um, died from complications related to brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, prior to his passing, um, I brought him into my home. Um, we didn't live together. I think that's why we stayed together so long. Anyway, um, I brought him into my home to be his, um, like caregiver. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, he passed away in my home, um, on September 15th, surrounded by all his loved ones and myself and, and our dogs. Um, and then a short time later, well, about three years later, I, um, moved to a different house and I had, I kept the other house and had some renters. And one time the, the mom and the daughter who were renting from me um, brought me over and they were like, we've got a really strange question to ask you. And I'm like, okay. And they said, who is the really tall, dark haired, good looking man that keeps asking about you? Oh my God. And I was like, um, context, um, more information, like what? And she, the, the daughter, who who is a preteen, she said, he's so sweet. He's so nice. But she goes, I, I wake up at night, and he's sitting on this bench at the foot of my bed. And he's just sitting there just very politely. And when I wake up, he just always just wants to know, where's Tiffany? Oh, my God. And I was like, whoa, um, okay, so I guess I didn't necessarily tell you. <laughs> Um, but they were really open and really sweet about it. And, um, so then a a couple months later, I had a a really super vivid dream. And in the dream, I was back at the house and he was there. Um, and he was standing there with, um, our golden retriever, Cassie. And, um, Cassie had, I think she hung on until he passed because she, she died a couple weeks after he did. Um, and so in the dream, he was standing there with Cassie and he looked great and he looked gorgeous as usual and all healthy and everything. And she was just wagging her tail. And and he walked up the stairs and he walked into um, the room where he had passed away. And I followed him up there and he just smiled at me and, and just with all sorts of love and everything else. And um, and he said, you know something? He said, I, I just came to say that it's time for me to go. I, I see that you're okay. Oh, and gosh. then with, with, right. And with oh. that, he, he and Cassie kind of just kind of seemed to kind of be pulled backwards and then just faded out. Mm. And I, I just woke up literally like weeping. Mm. Oh my gosh. So mm. <laughs> that, oh, that's my, story. my story. 
Oh, that's an it, it incredible story. It doesn't even sound like a dream. dream. No, it because sounds like you're really... Especially, I, I mean, never mind all the vivid context mm-hmm. and details and accurate. Yeah. But, it, I mean, that fading out, that doesn't happen in dreams. Yeah, I mean... It, you know? Don't you think... What, that it what, did right. you think? what do you do think about that? Oh, I was just... I, that When I was weeping, I wasn't sad weeping. Um, yeah, <laughs> because I, I was just like, I was just like, oh, God, I love you so much. Thank you so much for taking time because I know, I, at least I believe it takes an awful lot of energy yeah, um, for the for the departed to kind of um, make their presence known that way. Um, oh, and yeah. it was so vivid. And, and, and I really did. I, I cut the story down qu- to, to kind of details because... Um, were you know because I didn't want to take up too much time, but it it was so insanely vivid. Um, and the fact that Cassie was standing there with him and everything, I was just like, oh, yeah. thank mm. you so much. <laughs> well, it was just a yeah. I guess what Kim was trying to say it's so much more than a dream. I mean, it really happened. You well, know, the you were really in too, that other world, that that intense. Mm-hmm. He was in your world, feeling, and the fact that they were both together too yeah. is a beautiful thing. Of course, you'd want that, you know. Yeah. And it would be good. To oh, both. oh, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. So that's oh. it's it's that kind of experience that heals, you know. With I, I just oh. when people, is yeah. it true? When was the dream? It, um. Well, so the renters told me about it. Um, October, November. Um, and then the dream came in like March. Wow. Mm. So within oh, months of them kind of mentioning that he had been kind of like, where is she? Like, where is she? And they're like, she moved. <laughs> so I don't, oh, I don't know if he had time to, to find me. <laughs> he was going back to the familiar place. But, well, I can't even imagine that there could be a more beautiful experience uh, for you with yeah. him. Yeah. A, mm. So. Well, thank you. a rich one there. Oh, it is. Yeah. And you know, when you have something like that, I mean, that's when these, the dimensions are blended. They're right together. And when we experience that. But that fading out, right? Saying, I'm going to go ahead. You're okay. I'm going to go ahead now. Yeah. What a loving, loving. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for telling us. I love that story. Yeah. Is there anything else? Thank you. I appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to share? I, no, I, I I think I let, took up okay. enough time. Thank you so much no, for listening. No. Bye-bye. Thank you. Oh, take care. Thank you. Yeah, I only asked that question because she had rushed a little through it. And mm-hmm. I thought if there were any other details that she felt comfortable mm-hmm. um, sharing, that she was welcome to do that. Well, those kinds of experiences really help to confirm for all of us. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I could share some of Lisa's experiences okay, that also yeah. came from the same article that was published in oh, yeah. Harvard Lisa Family Foundation magazine. Visionaries, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So Lisa's son, Graham, passed when he was 20. And Lisa would communicate with Graham through electric voice phenomena, electronic voice phenomena using water. And it would work for her indoors or outdoors. And this one time she asked um, Graham, can you just give me something to tell me that you're here? And he responded, if you need me, say my name out loud because I always hear you. Mm. I've forgotten that. I know. I know. And then say it out loud. Say my name out loud. You used to say something about, you know, when people pass to say their speak their name out loud. And it kind of helps orient Mm. them in terms of their crossing and. Do you remember anything like I that? I don't. I, I, that's interesting. That's right. And Lisa had also shared for me um, with me for that article. Um, she had asked Graham on another session, are you, go- are you going to come with us to Madrid? And he replied, we're going to be in Atlanta for a couple more days. And she thought, what the <laughs> heck? And so when she asked him why, he said he was attending a symposium. And she said, to, uh, and I admit that's not a word I would use. And she said she had asked him what the conference is about. And he says, Mom, it's about consequences. 
And that really hit her in a, a profound way because it really tied into her mothering her children. And, and one of the key things was that there are consequences in life. And you just kind of have to know that growing up that your actions have consequences. So that meant a lot to her also. Well, and wasn't uh, she felt that the very, I think he died on graduation night. Yes. And that, that uh, she felt that he hadn't been careful and that that's why mm-hmm. and that was the consequence. Kind of an underlying just, theme yes, of it. was it. an underlying theme of their conversations all the way through. And he's saying there are consequences. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange, I mean, that he would say in a particular place where they're having a conference, do spirits attend these conferences? At first she <laughs> took it literally and she started researching conferences going on in Atlanta. And then she realized it was a symbolic message you think uh, yeah well she said she couldn't find anything on consequences in Atlanta (laughs) around that time well that reminds me of something that I forgot uh I had been in the Jung Society for some time and on the board but I uh had never at that point given a presentation and so they asked me if I would do it and I did and I was a little nervous it was my first time Mm -hmm. and uh uh, later, and we had a group at the same time, a small group of people. We called it SAS, Studies in Altered States. And um, we tried all kinds of different things, meditation and music and chanting. And someone came one time with the Ouija board. And I, I thought, what's this? I wasn't open mm-hmm. as I should have been. Anyway, we had some phenomenal things that happened. And the interesting thing in relationship to my talk was that the very next time we met and we used the Ouija board, the uh, we had two people who did that who couldn't see uh, the mover, the uh, pointer, and then someone else wrote down what it was and others observed. And immediately uh, it, the words came in uh, that we attended uh, the meeting where Betty spoke. And then they described what happened and that they had been very pleased with what I had said. Oh, my God. And I totally forgotten that until oh, you said funny. that. I'm glad I remembered because that means I guess that these very often spirits. Yeah. Whether they I guess they didn't exactly organize a conference, but they did. Uh, they were there and they did have something to say about it. And, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. I had forgotten about it. And I remember uh, since a new experience for me, I was really it helped me. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Well, and that makes me think also about, you think about learning and continuing to learn on the other side. And yes. you wouldn't think that it would have something to do with anything going on, on this side, but why not? Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Well, and many, uh, or many, some people have had experiences with loved ones who died and they say, I'm studying and I'm in classes and mm. uh, that kind of thing. It just, it's so vast. Uh, I always think of, uh, in the New Testament and my father's house are many mansions. <laughs> there are probably many, many, many uh, realities and dimensions of where we experience. And, and, and certainly I think, and I've said it many times, I think that it is our birthright uh, to be in touch with uh, the subtle world, the spirit dimension. Uh, we are both physical and spirit. spirit. Uh, I love how uh, Fred Allen Wolf uh, quantum physicist said that matter is how spirit appears in the physical universe. So we are spirit. Of course, we should be able to be in touch. And I think that the way we have thought, having a worldview uh, that there's nothing but matter has created tremendous pollution, you might say, around the planet that makes it hard. This belief system limits our ability uh, to experience our birthright of being in touch with the other world and working consciously with spirits in the other world. I think that's truly our our destiny and our birthright. That makes utter sense. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, thinking when I was thinking about the uh, meeting tonight, I was remembering uh, this, my work, uh, my study of the San Bushman, and I write about it in my second book, uh, Merchants of Light. Uh, the consciousness changing the world. And Sam Bushman were, were, I was so uh, inspired by reading about them. Uh, they're simply inspiring people and just amazing people. And uh, they, 
I realized uh, through other people who'd worked with them that they know how to trigger uh, their consciousness into a vast consciousness, cosmic consciousness, where they do experience spirit and they do it as as a group. Uh, they don't sit alone in a room and meditate. They dance and they touch each other and they can even take energy and mold it into a little needle or arrow and throw it at someone else to kind of awaken them to this consciousness. So I think there's so many ways of being in touch with the other world. But one thing that I loved about them, one of many things, is that they had a dance for everything. Uh, If They danced when the sun would rise. It's like it was an experience and they were grateful that the sun had one more time risen. And when they saw the moon and they danced for the birth of a child and they danced for the death and they danced for love, everything they danced for. And I often think that uh, we would experience more of spirit if we moved our bodies more in, in a dance form. I just think that music and dance can open up the other world for us. And uh, but I loved uh, this is that there were two special dances. I guess all of their dances really were special. But there was a dance for the little hunger and a dance for the big hunger. And the little hunger was, of course, what we do to survive in the world. How do we get food? How do we how do we survive? How do we stay healthy? This is hunger, uh, the dance for the little hunger. But the dance for the big hunger makes so much sense because that was the dance for meaning and purpose uh, in the universe, that they would experience that. They would know that, that there is meaning and purpose, but they danced to know that, to remember that, to experience that. And I, I was so moved by that because so much of my study has been, of course, in our situation in the Western world is that we do not have, did not have a myth of meaning in that way. We have a myth of survival. All of us get jobs, we're trained, until that myth of survival becomes practically our whole life and everything that means anything. But um, what we need is the myth of meaning. And, And they said that if the myth of survival is contained in the larger myth of meaning, everything is fine. But if you lose the myth of meaning, as we Mm. have, and you have only the survival, as we have, then we will be pathological. We'll be very ill. And I think that that's what's happening to us. And uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's strange, I think, that we say, well, there's no myth of meaning. There's religion. Religion in the West is a belief. It's not an experience. It's not gnosis. And for the San, they experience the other world. They don't believe it. Uh, As one person said the other day, uh, in the West, you always hear my my faith, my belief. And in the East, you don't, because everything there is based on each person's experience. What I experience, my own experience. Um, But because of the censorship, of the Roman church and others uh, in the Western world, uh, we had the potential to have gnosis within the church, but they discarded the gnosis. All the Gnostics were heretics and they honored only the doctrine and the belief. And so that destroyed our myth of meaning in the sense that we experience it for ourselves. Now I know many people do believe and it's a, beautiful and moving experience for them. But it is also our birthright to have the actual experience, to know for ourselves, not because the church tells us. And of course, science took away our myth of meaning because, again, the Roman church censored what science could study. It could only study uh, matter. And so for centuries, we have lived in the world that we all know that we do not have that myth of meaning that is rooted in our own individual spiritual experience. And uh, I, I think I, I am grateful to the San uh, people for having lived such joyful lives. And they have such joy and such a sense of humor to remind us that, you know, my profession is my, or sometimes the profession leads you to your myth of meaning too. But 
so often we train to be in business or finances or whatever. That's wonderful. But we also need to have that embraced by a much larger investor meaning. And I think that's what uh, we're doing here. All of you who call in, who value these experiences, that's exactly what we're working for is to create and make conscious and vivid and radiant and alive this myth of meaning that will embrace our survival, our myths of survival. So we're thankful to all of you who call in and give us so many, tell us so many wonderful stories. Uh, It's all in the process of creating that living myth of memory that will will save our civilization save our own souls save our souls and and the civilization beautiful that's beautiful while you're speaking i was remembering some of the other things i had learned from you about the sand and the word infinitesimally infinitesimally small came to mind oh that's so important i'm glad you mentioned that because it isn't some big thing something vast it's that some they see the cosmos as, as Blake would say, in a grain of right. sand, the universe in a grain of sand, this very smallest thing, the image of God is um, a mantis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a very, very powerful. But yes, the very small, they are able to see the vast cosmos because it's in every grain of sand. Right. Yeah, and I, their I joy and gratitude yes. are, are universal. Well, that's it, isn't it? The gratitude just brings tremendous joy. Imagine being so grateful that the sun comes up in the morning. Can you imagine? <laughs> I love well, it. They, well, the way we say it or we grew up hearing is, uh, yeah, every day above ground is a good day. it's totally different than that (laughs) right it's really just appreciation all the little things and I remember my friend Charla one time she said to me oh like my papa always said it's the little things and it's true it's really true well and I think of the big things that the those of you who called in I mean and how grateful you are for them and how healing they are so, well, I think that we have, um, it's about time for us to say goodnight. It's very close to that time. And since Janet isn't here to um, offer the closing prayer, I would just leave you with some wise words from Brene Brown from her Daring Greatly. How the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love, parent, and lead. And she says, the willingness to show up changes us. It makes us a little braver each time. So thank you to Linda and Anne and Tiffany and to the listeners. Yes, we'll see you, hear you (laughs) next month. The fourth (laughs) Thursday of the month on the next Signs of Life radio show that will focus on your personal experiences. Thank Mm -hmm. you and have a good evening. Mm -hmm.